<laughs> Ivan Flips Velez. Oh, yeah, wait a minute. Welcome to the Tragedy Academy, a show created to bridge societal divides in a judgment-free zone using candor and humor. My name is Jay, and uh, Gary is out working today. We are joined by Ivan Flips Velez, a legendary b-boy TV host and international breakdance judge, pioneering figure in the breakdance community. I have been so, so excited to get you on here. Um, how you doing today, man? Flips. I am excited. Yes, I am, I'm super excited. As you can see, I'm like, I'm ready to take on the world. Dude, I can feel I wake your up energy. Like that every day. <laughs> I can definitely I wake feel up like your this energy. every day. It's kind of crazy. <laughs> I don't think I can hear you now. Are we getting a bad connection there? I think you kind of broke up for a second, but it probably went through. I was going to say, I can feel your energy. I can see you now. Um, it's a vibe. It is It <laughs> is a vibe, you know, but you get what you put out. Everything starts from within. We are our own creator. And when I was looking through your career, and I'm going to give you a chance to kind of talk about, you know, where you come from, but... I want to give you uh, some accolades up front that you aren't letting life live you, you're living life. And that's very apparent in your path. And I want you to know that everybody needs that type of person in their life. And you're setting the standard for other people to live by. So I appreciate that. And I appreciate what you've done to date. Why don't you go ahead and tell everybody who you are, where you come from? <laughs> oh, man, I'm excited. I'm going to explode. My name is Ivan Flips Velez. Um, my birth name is Ivan Omar Velez. I was born in Mayagüez, Puerto Rico, so I speak Spanish. Um, I'll go in and out of it every so often. Yeah, he just like <laughs> stole everybody's significant other right there. He's an award-winning break dancer with an accent like that. I don't, I'm going to make sure my wife doesn't come near the studio during this interview. <laughs> that was oh smooth, my God, man. That's awesome. Thanks, you switched man. in and Thanks. out so well. Yeah, it's it's my first language, and I feel like it's it's my duty as a proud Puerto Rican and Latino to you know just continue to use it. it it's a tool, um, language besides dance. I, I believe that dance is a universal language. Mm. Uh, once you're on the dance floor, if you've ever seen dancers communicate, it's through movement. So mm. me knowing multiple languages every time that I travel, I try to learn the language of where I'm at. I was just in Paris. Um, and I sat through like a meeting and I was trying to uh, be as engaged as I could be. I don't know French very well, but just on the mannerisms and what people were saying, I was able to pick up the conversation and they were blown away. They're like, do you speak French? And I was like, no, but I know what you guys were talking about. And it's they a were just romance like, language as well, correct? So it's Latin based. <laughs> yes, yes. So there are words that are very similar, which made it yeah, easier no, for me I, to kind of cheat and pick um, up on what they were Puerto talking Rico about. Puerto Rico holds a very special place for me because but I was yeah, raised was born in Maya, West Puerto um, Rico, for a long time by my and, stepmother um, and my grandparents. They're uh, all from, of, they're all from Aguadilla. Yeah. So I grew up with my grandfather setting aside chicharron for me before I get there. Oh my God. You know, and every meal, like this is my family. My grandma is still <laughs> here, God bless her. Um, yes. And I was, I was getting chased with a chancla the whole nine. Bante, vamonos aquí ahora, you know, with everybody else. That's uh, see, that's see. how I grew up. That's amazing, dude. The, the the flying chunkla that catches you around the corner. <laughs> that's awesome. But yeah, and growing up in Puerto Rico, um, you're raised around music and and the culture of of, of just dance, plena, uh, bachata, merengue, salsa, all of it. Even on Sundays, um, every Sunday when we're cleaning, we'd come home from church, la iglesia, and then. 
you start listening to the music and you see your mom, you know, in the kitchen with the broom, just kind of mm-hmm. dancing. And, and it, 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 it had an impact on me that I couldn't relate to and talk about until I was about 15 and mm-hmm. I found hip hop and breaking. And I was like, there's something about music that makes me feel so good inside that I want to show it on the outside. So that's, that's, you know, you translate it through dance, through movement. And I was in high school, just, I mean, uh, pivoting forward to being 15. uh, In high school, there was um, a talent show, a high school talent show. And everybody wants to show their superpowers in school, right? Everybody wants to be cool um, and be, be like, saluted in the hallways. So we started watching a movie called Beat Street, if you can remember mm. from 1984. Yeah. Uh, that battle, that famous battle in the skating rink at the Roxy where uh, the blue the blue crew battled the red crew. Uh, New York City Breakers took on Rocksteady. And it we would forward the movie straight to that part. I mean, over and over. It was a VHS. I'm surprised it didn't snap and like break inside mm, the VCR. Absolutely. No, I'm with you. Right? It was breaking, breaking to electric boogaloo for me. Yeah. Those yeah. were the oh. those were the movies that I loved. <laughs> yeah. The the West Coast, man, th- those movies were so well done. And you see uh, the community on screen, like on set, on screen. And you're like, wow, there's hundreds of people that are doing this. And you think you're the only one, you know, you think you're like, uh, uh, who am I going to practice with? And who am I going to meet that's going to fall in love and passionately with the same thing that I, I found in that that I'm doing. And yeah, man, when you travel the world, even as close as Canada, it's still mm-hmm. another country. It's rich in culture. Eh? <laughs> I love how they talk. out. Yeah, there. absolutely. And, Right, right. But one of the things I did find is when you're dancing or you're breaking in, in, in this world of hip hop, that culture tends to connect to other cultures in a, in a very similar way. Now, they call it an underground culture because breaking is, for, for, the, for the most part, for the 40, 50 years it's been living um, and, and uh, breathing in this world, it's called an underground culture. However, most of the dancers that I have come in contact with, we don't even speak the same language and we don't have to. As far as breaking goes, the connection is immediate. Once you're in that circle, in that cipher, um, all is understood. All is almost forgiven in a way. It's it's a very safe sanctuary once you're inside that cipher and that um, the camaraderie of all these dancers. So even if you don't speak the language, once you land in another country, it feels good. It feels good to find your people. They say, find your tribe or your tribe will find you. Through breaking, uh, the B-boys and the B-girls have been able to connect throughout the world for the last 40 years. So it's, it's incredible, man. I, it's incredible. I firmly believe that those <laughs> that go against the grain and are authentically themselves and pursuing what they creatively love and their passion, they will find each other. That's how it's supposed to work. They will naturally gravitate. And you're right. There is a decipherable language amongst people that have like creativity and arts. So just the same, if 10 people showed up or showed up that played the cello, they would all have no problem playing the cello together. They would be able to do it in, you know, synchronicity, but they couldn't order the same hamburger at, you know, at, at the local restaurant. They wouldn't be able to pull it off. So we, um, we have to get more of that in our lives. We have to find what mm-hmm. we are authentically so that we can find our people because while we're all on the same hand, we're a unique fingerprint. 
and we're required for the hand to operate. So we have to, it is our duty to be ourselves, to show up and be the best flips, to be the best J that you're naturally inclined to be, not in somebody else's image, not in somebody else's dreams, not in somebody else's persona, nobody's mask, all those things. You want to be, uh, you know, yourself, right? Uniquely yourself. And I think that when I was watching through all of your content, now, true story, always wanted to be a break dancer. Thought that it was one of the coolest damn things in the whole entire world. But I grew up in a hillbilly area in the middle of Okeechobee, Florida. And the, there was no such thing as breakdancing, except for watching a VCR tape with breakdancing, right? But you just knew that it was something you wanted to be a part of. And it's not just the dancing. The dancing's amazing. It's synchronistic. It's artistic. It's not something that's necessarily choreographed, especially in a battle. Like one of the things that you said that there's a language that's spoken in an un, an unspoken bond. So I had never thought about the rhythm in breakdancing because that was one thing that wasn't registering for me because I was always lost in the movements. Lost in the movements, lost in the movements. And I started watching some of your videos like your instructional videos, and I'm watching people dance in these battles, and I'm like, you know, this is all in time. Absolutely. That, in and of itself, because you see the most, but if you watch when people make contact, when people move, that there's actually, uh, it's, it's in a beautiful, you know, artistic tornado that is checking blocks as it's going through. Imagine like, I don't know, like there's a gong to the side that has to be kept in rhythm the whole time and they've got one stick in it and they're flipping going gank, gank with the music and you don't even realize they're doing it because you're so lost and they're fucking spinning on their head. Like that's what your mom told you not to do growing up. Yeah, I heard about somebody right. that got their neck broke back in 1984. You get out there, you do that, you're going to get in trouble. You know, it's like, fuck, you don't realize. Absolutely. It there is there is also just the tick and the time. It's not like right, we dance to the beat and the rhythm, and that's exactly what it moves us internally. Uh, you hear it, right? So when you're listening to music, people start to move. Mm. That's automatic rhythm, automatically. Hundred percent. So so at, yeah, as you're dancing and as you're battling. We, it's, it's almost like our right and our freedom to hit the beat. Why, why is the DJ playing such an awesome track and you don't want to let it go by, mm -mm. right? Everybody wants to hit the dance floor when you, when you hear that beat or when you hear like a song drop. So I think it, it, it's, it's part of the history and the culture of the sound, the sound and the movement married together and the beat primal so if you choose to move yeah it's primal it dates back to it's like why are we on the ground we're dancing to celebrate something larger than Existence. us on the ground yes yes from the ground up like we're building we're putting the building blocks and foundation from the ground up you know now the air power moves are crazy what we're about to see in the olympics is next level it's like we landed on the moon with breaking moves <laughs> People are just doing air power. You're like, oh my God, we've landed on the Dude, moon. You know, that realization of We don't evolution. realize how far we've come 
and then how far we haven't at the same time. I like that you bring up language because I am also a firm believer in learning your culture where you land and taking in the language. I lived in Japan for several years um, and got fairly fluent with Japanese, um, loved it, uh, only because it's fairly similar to Spanish and the vowel pronunciation and growing up with Spanish parents or with a Spanish mother. Dude, you literally pronounce the words exactly the same. It's all the same. It's just their language. So it wasn't hard to necessarily pick up. But when we're talking about language, language is to me one of the first dividers because of the arrogance of believing that you have the capability to explain a thought or feeling of another person's culture with your words and that theirs may Mm. have the same weight when in reality they don't they mean two completely different feelings you're just trying to find actually interesting that you bring up understanding but you have uh, to be in in language and in culture and how you view the world understand that you may not have placed Mm -hmm. a name on a feeling or a bond between a family member or whatever it is that is utilized in that language. And I think when we go back to our primal existence and we start dancing, we start singing, we start using music and we harness those energies for what they are. And we do them freely, not to the beat of somebody else's drum, but to the beat of our own and let everybody else come together in unison. Right? So I think that when we utilize these, we, we bring people together. We bridge societal divides. And just like you said, the beat of a drum could start a war or a meditation. Mm, mm, from war to peace. Dude, yes. Uh, the most pure form of peace. Yes. Yes. It's funny because I talk about the Olympics and how all these countries are trying for the sake of their own flag. They're trying to get the best breakers. And I was like, they don't understand that the culture is breeds peace, unity, love, and having fun. So these warriors that they're sending out, they're thinking it's going to be World War III on the dance floor, right? But actually, the, we get along and we we help each other. We pass the torch from, even from, uh, I know in South Korea, it, was, it wasn't until 1999, 2000, 2001 that these programs allowed hip hop into their culture because of the war. So it's it's kind of trippy that we're talking about even hip hop. Insanely good. Yes. Yep. <laughs> and I'll Korea. tell you, I loved watching in Japan. <clears throat> they have these insanely awesome groups just hanging out underneath the expressway in the middle of like Shibuya, breaking it down and yelling and trying it again and doing the same thing as if they were practicing in you know the biggest theater or school with the same, almost more regimented, and not even recognizing the world going on around them. It's fucking Tokyo, dude. It's like, crazy. There's, it's, <laughs> it's like sticking your head in a kaleidoscope with speakers. Like, you're screwed. <laughs> like, and they're just popping and locking and doing their thing. And just, you could feel the energy. Taking it to the next level. Right? Same thing we're talking about with, dan- or with music and the other stuff. I think it's, a, it's an equal energy. I always hate when they say that, you know, white people can't dance. I think that they're That's simply a hindrance within themselves for fear of judgment to never fully move the way they feel most compelled to. I feel mm. like 
the community that is given more effort to expressing themselves through dance will be the ones more inclined to shine out in reality because this mm -hmm. group has not been authentic yet. Mm. For whatever reason, that's they're why not it's there also yet. called. That's why it's also called freestyle. Your style has to be oh, free. It's called freestyle. Yeah. You have to be free in your own style to shine. You can't just be a robot and learn something off of YouTube and try it and then say, you know, where's my fame? Where's my mm. likes? Where's my followers? Where are my clicks? It's called freestyle. You have to be free within your own style. That's how you'll shine. I, I couldn't agree more. I think um, you know, I keep saying the authenticity piece. We're made one way to be anything but ourselves as a slap in the face of whomever or whatever made you. Who are you to know mm -hmm. better than whatever created all of this as to who you should be? I think the journey is figuring out that you're supposed to be how you started. The child. Mm -hmm. Children dance. Mm -hmm. Children dance long before they talk. We see them. There's a million really? videos about their booty dancing in their diaper. <laughs> right? They're doing that long before <laughs> they're communicating. Take a step back and then we'll move forward to what it is that you we were going to come on here and discuss that you have coming up. But this is the All Tragedy right. Academy. And I like to point mm -hmm. out that experiences are lenses. <clears throat> They're a prescription that change over time. No two people can share them, right? And you had in your childhood Man. a very defining moment that you went through where you were helping your family. Um, do you want to tell us about that? I think you had like a home fire when you were a child. Yes. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> we are going there. Um, we moved from Puerto Rico and uh, my my parents bought their first home. And I, I want to say it was about a month, a month and a half into it. Um, the well, we found out later, we found out later that the way that the structure was built in the house, when it's really cold, the heating system would uh, build condensation inside the walls. Mm. So that, yeah, as it started, um, basically like sweating inside the walls, right? Because it's trying to keep the inside of the house warm. Um, the the wetness of that caused the outlets to spark and a fire mm. broke out uh, in my room. Holy I was 10 shit. years old. Yeah, in my room. Because we were using little space heaters on both sides of very, my room. Very Florida. So it was, it was, yeah, very Florida. <laughs> and it was, it was using a lot of power. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, basically it, it 
it was just enough condensation to cause it to spark. And yeah, there was a, the fire was, man, if I could talk about trippy stuff, it, I remember it being really hot in the room. I was 10 years old, so I'm not even understanding what's going on really, but I couldn't breathe really well. Mm. Um, I started coughing. I think that's what woke me up was me not even being able to take a breath. Um, then it was really hot. So when I woke up, there wasn't a red fire. The trippy part, it was a blue fire, on, like mm. trailing the walls where the outlet was. It was blue. And I'm like, oh, my God, is that a fire? I hear my brother, who's, I want to say, a year and a half at the time. He's coughing and he's crying. He's like a baby in the crib. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I was too short and I couldn't reach over the crib. So I'm trying to break the um, the little the bars of, uh, on the crib to get them out. Yeah, I was just, I was on autopilot. And again, I was young, but something was telling me what to do and how to do it go, really go, quickly. Go, 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 No thoughts, just yeah. move. Yeah, just move. Something was like telling me what to, what to do next. Um, and then I ran to the room. I opened the door and it was really cold. And I think that was the first big mistake was it gave the fire more mm, yeah, power gave when I opened oxygen. the door. Right. So th- it got worse. And I woke up my mom, who's in the room next to me. Um, it, it makes me feel weird already as we're talking about it. Because it's, it's hard to go back to that, that visual of what it was because it was really, really scary. I woke her up and she's like, you're having a nightmare. Go back to sleep. <laughs> and I, I got mad. Yeah, I got upset. And, yeah. and then she felt the urgency when I yelled. I was like, the room's on fire, you know, in, in Spanish. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I run back into the room and then I see her able to get my brother out like I was able to help. And then Man. we start panicking because now the fire is getting bigger. You hear the like the walls crackling mm-hmm. and, and there was enough power in the fire that the windows kind of bursted or like mm-hmm. they popped the or they heat. cracked and they exploded. Yeah. And then you start to feel like you, it, you have no power over this situation. It, it, it's consumed you don't. like way too much. Yeah, at that moment, no. We didn't even think about getting water to throw it. I thought about my sisters who were in the other room across the hall. It's appropriate. Wake them up. Yeah, and then wrap them in blankets because it's freezing. And then we had to get out. And that's when reality struck when my mom was like, I need to go back in the room to get papers. She needed to get like paperwork and like the will and the deed of the house, like all this stuff that as a 10-year-old kid, you you don't even... No, it's like, why are you going back to the room, to the closet to get what? Like, no, get, we got to get out. And um, she tried to call 911, but she had to go outside. So it was like the cord was long enough that she could be outside while the fire's going up for her to call 911 as she's, yeah, ducking. It was insane. Everything I remember so vividly, it, it makes me nervous now even talking about it because... I don't know how we survived it. It's just everybody had to do what they had to do immediately or we weren't going to get out of there, you know? <laughs> and uh, it's, it's, it's hard to talk about it because nobody brings that up. And that's, I based my career and my success has mm-hmm. come from something so deeply rooted when I was 10 years old, you know? But it's very clear anyway. when you use the lens <laughs> of tragedy and... Yeah. Success 
a lot of times we have those pivotal moments and thank you so much for your strength and vulnerability. Um, it's never easy to recall moments like this. Um, but I think you would agree with me that the appreciation for life and opportunity greatly changes. And even at a child's level, I felt like nothing, nothing mattered at that moment except, except nothing mattered at that moment except my family surviving. Imagine and, that. And not even, yeah, not even me surviving, like get my brother out, wake up my mom, help my sisters get up. It, it was like this unselfish kind of trance that allows you to, when, when I see tragedies on TV, I know why those people are there to help. I know why some people don't can't sign up to help mm. uh, during a tragedy like that is because some people can't handle being in front of it. Some people either panic or they freeze or they, you know, they don't react in time or they think too much or they maybe they do the wrong thing. And and uh, speaking of tragedies, there are certain individuals I felt even at a young age that are kind of chosen or called mm. to be placed in that. Uh, in that um, they're like vessels or like a tool um, to help others. And there it go. doesn't matter how old you are. Yeah, it doesn't matter how old you are. If you're put in that predicament and, and you take yourself out, you're able to take your ego or yourself out of the what you would normally think you would do mm -hmm. and just do. Yeah, so you would. You I, would was, uh, I was in the military yeah. for better part of a decade and um, mm. I was a military police officer. And I can tell you, there's been a lot of situations you know, that you find yourself on the other end of that um, you are correct. There are people that are not wired for that. And uh, I don't have a problem with anybody recognizing that. Like, seriously, I'd prefer somebody be up front with the fact that they're not going to be the person you need when the shit goes down. Like, I don't want to expect right. it and not have it there. Right? Yeah. That's yeah. it. You're describing <laughs> an extremely difficult moment in time that catapults you to where you are now, but I'd like to take a moment. And I speak a lot about time. I speak a lot about the human condition and where we store things and what's real and what's not in the moment. And for me, one of the biggest realizations came through a stupid joke that I heard in the barbershop um, that didn't log in till later and it was uh you know an elderly gentleman he's like oh if you locked your dog and your girlfriend in the car in the trunk and came back an hour later which one would be happy to see you and you're like Fuck, that's a horrible thing to say but the dog the dog's gonna be super happy and you're like what's up best? let's go we're gonna fucking throw a ball i know you'd be I'm back in the trunk yeah. it's over whatever that was doesn't exist the person right. in the trunk right mm-hmm mm. Their life will forever be changed. Depending mm. on who they are, they could become a drug addict. They could write a book, My Time in the Trunk. They could, you know, become homeless. They could have an anxiety disorder, an eating disorder. They could change anything and everything about themselves. All for what? There's mm. nothing there. Right? Mm. It's a chosen mm. feeling to live in. It's a chosen reality mm. to hold on to. And that's not to say right. that we don't learn, gain experiences, and feel pain. But 
I firmly believe that pain is to be felt during the incident, during the time, right? And I feel like as a species, we have taken to ignoring pain, ignoring trauma, ignoring scenarios, and tying a knot in our proverbial rope and leaving it for later, only to find out what? Mm -hmm. Tie a rope in enough knots, it starts to look like a fucking big ball of shit, right? So if we get the opportunity to meditate later in life, we might be able to unravel those. But any chance that we have to get through pain in the moment, take it. It sucks, but nobody wants their fucking vegetables the next morning because they didn't eat them that night. Their parents put them in the fridge. Think they're going to get better? No. They get older, they get grosser. Might as well eat them while they sibby suck. At least they're warm. Right. You know? Right, right, right. <laughs> I like metaphors. I like uh, <laughs> anecdotes and allergies. You'll, you'll find that out. <laughs> I love it. Keep them coming. <laughs> but you turned this into something else. We are, you're on here because you're a famous breakdancer. You set the stage in so many ways, pioneered so many different things. But on the side, you still have your own philanthrop- or philanthropic activities. Uh, can you tell us about footprints? Yes, that's yeah, the, the fire was the seed to footprints. I call it footprints with a Z like flips with a Z. Love it. Uh, le- leave your mark. And um, I believe every human being from the moment you start to remember from the moment you 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 start living life to the mm-hmm. fullest, you should leave your mark, you should pass the torch to someone else. So the fire, people started giving us clothes and shoes. Some of it would fit, some of it wouldn't fit. But but it's the thought behind the fact that our neighbors knew we had gone through such a tragedy that the community started to try to help, right? And that left a footprint immediately in my life, immediately from, I said to myself, whenever I make it big or yeah, whenever, and not yeah. if. I was like, whenever I make it, yeah, when I make it, when I I'm make going it. to give. Yeah, I'm going to give back. And uh, the 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 great journey of my career has also been gi- the giving back. Every Integral. year on my birthday, yeah, every year on my birthday, I'll throw. We call it jam. It's not a competition. It's more like a jam, like a celebration. And I have. Uh, uh, kids kind of battle it out, B-boys and B-girls, just just show off their moves, really. Everybody wins. And um, based on some of the tours I've done, as a dancer, they let you keep your gear or your clothes, right? So if you do the video music awards for MTV and they let you keep the hat and they let you keep the gear, what ends up happening is you have like this museum of all your cool stuff, right? And you have stories with that, like, you, I rocked this jacket on the Janet Jackson tour, you know, Dude, and that's awesome. I wore these shoes. Yeah, for LL Cool J, we use the 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 Adidas <sighs> shell toes. Your career is insane, <laughs> <laughs> and you give them away to kids, and and they they then you're really passing like a real torch. You're like these shoes I got from the LL Cool J tour. Mm. Boom. Then once they they experience that moment core memory now lit their flame yeah you lit their flame and they're like i could be on tour with ll cool j i could dance for janet i could do this i could do that i could do anything he's handing me the tools yes 
See the invisible, do the impossible. That's what I always say. I saw that in one of your videos, and yeah. I was going to ask yeah. you if that was a quote from you. Because I looked in the corner, and there was not a quote. And I was like, this is fucking amazing. When I, when I yes. read it, I was like, dude, that's perfect. Yes. And I call it the 60 mindset. So the letters, the acronym is S-I, and then the X is for extreme. Be as extreme, live as extreme, and as full out as you can. So I call it 60, right? S-I-X-D-I. See the invisible, boom, do the impossible. Bro, that is so <laughs> badass. That's my so, whole vibe. Let's, um, Be as extreme as you can. Today. Live as full You're out here. as you possibly can. I got to tell you, I'm so, super yeah. <laughs> humbled to get a chance in my podcasting career to be sitting down with a breakdancing legend who's getting ready to sit as a judge in the fucking Olympics this year, summer games, breakdancing. Like, I've never felt more cool in my life, and you're the cool guy. <laughs> what do you mean? You're super cool. You got me going this morning. <laughs> right? So tell us about this, dude. You're going to yes. be judging at the Olympics. Dude, I would. Do you get so, to hold cards? <laughs> oh no, no, no! I'm joking. Like this is how, oh, no. yeah, yeah, you hit seven point five. <laughs> what's What's amazing is I just I just came back from Paris actually, and they had a couple of really really great meetings um, prepping for the Olympic Games. Mm -hmm. And in in 2018, just what I call a flips fun fact in 2018 in Buenos Aires, right? they gave breaking a trial run. Now, mm. based on how well it does and how many people engage, it was one of the most engaging new sports that people watched, ranging from six years old to like 89 years old to watch. It's, it was so amazing. And then it drew in such massive crowds that they're like, why is this not so it got its pass from the International Olympic Committee uh, to have its debut this summer, yeah. Let's let's talk about the judging <laughs> criterion because I was first thing okay. that popped in my head. I was like, "How the fuck do you judge two people freestyling like that?" In and of <laughs> itself, it's like that seems like it's difficult. Isn't that just subject to opinion or you know personal yes. preference? Maybe it's a style that you grew up doing, and this one resonates right. with. This is old school. This is new school. You know, that's got to take somebody that's basically like yourself that embraces all aspects of the breakdancing culture. Right. You do. The, here's the one thing about judging that you do have to almost put your ego to the side because you know what you want to see. You know what you used to do. You know what used to win jams for you or work for you. But some of these kids are coming. They, they're coming oh. at a completely different time, age and time. So as a judge, you have to be almost as pure and as clean slate as possible. You cannot have prejudices. You cannot have favoritism, right? And mm -hmm. they also don't really want you mingling with the talent or with the with the um that the makes competitors. perfect sense. It could build implicit you biases know? that you don't even notice. <clears throat> so you have to focus on all of that, and then it, it, based on the fundamentals of breaking, as soon as you start. You gotta have top rock. You gotta have footwork. You have to have continuous power moves, right? There's like all these boxes that you have to tick. And as a judge, the longer you're sitting in that hot seat, the harder it becomes, right? You've seen Ooh, so that's many a good moves point. In, in a yeah. You start to you it starts to kind of bamboozle you to be like, did they just do that move? Because 
you can't repeat moves also, right? Dancers will call each other out and they'll say, you've done mm. that twice. You've done that three times. And the judges are keeping tallies on all of that. And sometimes it's just like some people have their um, uh, their go-to moves. And then you, in, in, in the sense of the freestyle, you forget about it. But because it's built into your DNA, you repeat the move and that mm. can count against you. So, yeah, it's going to be you really crazy have to. I this could only summer. imagine also, <laughs> I would hate to be in the beginning portion because I feel like there's a certain amount of understanding after you've seen so many competitors as to what the playing field actually is. And I'm the type of person that would feel like I gypped the first guy expecting better out of the second. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, yes. I'd be like, fuck, yes. that guy deserved a 10. This one is good. So, like, I, uh, reconciling yeah. that would be very hard for me personally because I would yes. just be second-guessing the shit out of myself. You did, and you said that there were, people would call out repetitive moves. I saw yes. in the judging that it's also a deduction if you copy the other person's move, right? That's but I have a question yes. because mm -hmm. breakdancing is all about challenges. It's all about the mm -hmm. unspoken conversation between two battlers. And we've all seen and know that you can diss the shit out of somebody by taking something that they did, making it yours, and then doing an extra piece of difficulty on top of it to show them you didn't even come yes. to the show. Is that yes. considered repeating someone's move? Here's a flips fun fact, especially when I'm judging, right? So I'll put myself on the hot seat again. When you do someone else's move, it's called biting. When you do someone else's move mm. and you flip it and innovate it, you do get props for that and you do get points for that. So you're absolutely right in that <laughs> in that predicament. Yes, yes. Points. Kudos. You heard it here, guys. You heard yes. it here, guys. Because one no, thing... No, I mean, I'm seriously... Yeah, one thing is... Go ahead. Yeah. Yeah, one thing is biting the move and you know when you're a biter because... From beginning to end, your set is exactly a carbon copy mm. of someone that, yeah, that has made that move either famous or known or it has surfaced to have been flipped, right? So if you're doing a move from the 80s, a lot of moves have been done before. But if you're doing a move from the 80s and you spun it, right, you flipped it into the 90s with a different kind of combination in and out of it, then in 2024, now that they were living in, if a six or a nine-year-old kid has flipped the script on that move, they're going to get kudos for that. Absolutely. Because all, all the judges, we've been in the seat for a minute. So to see a move innovate into the next level, we're definitely giving props for that. It deserves I, I its that. props because everyone has been copying these moves for years just to become, you know, a b-boy. You, you have to start from somewhere, right? I had to watch Beat Street and learn whatever Rocksteady and New York City Breakers were doing. Now, how do I flip the script? We'll fast forward to today. That That is the number one agenda in any b-boy is take the fundamentals and the foundation of what you learn, take the scripture and write your own path, write your own chapter, write your own story and then put it out on the dance floor. Everybody That's the gets vibe. the ingredients. Like, make your own meal, dude. Make your own soup. Yes. Don't fucking sit here and everybody make beef stew. That's boring as shit. 
You're gonna want to punch the bowl by the end of the week. I want you to bring me some, right. bring me some gumbo, bring me some, you know, some vegetable soup, bring me some chicken tortilla soup over here. Like I want that kind of shit. I don't want everybody in there just spinning on their head. Like if everybody's spinning right. on their head, you look like a car wash. You don't look like you're fucking Correct. breaking. Right. <laughs> right. Right. So everyone I, looks like carbon copies. It gets boring. Exactly. Absolutely. But I feel like you know. That's the easiest thing to see, and they won't even be at the level of what you're looking at during this competition. Because I feel like you're not going to make it to the Olympic level if you're being inauthentic. Like, these are people that have really dedicated themselves to something, and they're, they've made that commitment to their persona and love themselves enough to stand out there and do what other people used to call BS nonsense, you're going to get a staple in your hand spinning on that box, you dumbass, yada, 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 right? Right. But now right. they're watching art become a larger part of a canvas. I feel like breaking where you came from was drawing the pupil of what was the Mona Lisa now. Mm -hmm. And nobody can appreciate the pupil. Nobody can appreciate the ear <laughs> you know, as an individual piece of painting. But when you finish it and it paints a picture of diversity and inclusion and artistic expression and exception, I feel like breakdancing is punk rock. Punk rock loves mm. everybody. It's always been that kind of crew. It's always the groups that you want to be a part of, but you think it's too cool. But in reality, the reason why everybody in that group is smiling is because nobody is judging the other. It's actually a safe space. I don't think there's a lot of safe spaces in the world now that are outside of the bathroom and, you know, TikTok. <laughs> I don't think there's anywhere else. <laughs> so having your community is important. Now, oh, bro, I, right. I'm open about right. that. I send texts to my buddies yeah. and I'll take a picture of my feet and be like, yo, I got time to chat. While I'm in the bathroom. <laughs> Guess where I'm at? I got 15 I got minutes to chat. I got time for you right now, man. <laughs> I got a quick 10. I got a quick 10. Uh, you know, four years ago, That's I said, awesome. I'm going to be me unapologetically, but I'm going to try to do good things and see what good things happen. And I can tell you, the more that I've just been true to what I feel I'm supposed to be doing, the more people like yourself that come across, you know, my path. And it makes me excited to see that I'm not alone in this. There's other people trying and they're doing it in their own manner, right? So do know that you are impacting the world just simply by waking up and being you. We appreciate that. Thank you. You went from That's awesome. spinning on your head in a corner to sitting in a judge's table looking at kids spinning on their head with the same dreams you had at a level that you could have never dreamed of having. To be the person to hand out the medal to the generation behind you has got to be one of the fucking biggest honors there ever could be. That's why Sorry, I'm excited I feel like for you. It, <laughs> yeah, no, I feel your excitement and I appreciate it because... When, when I was at that age, I could not see this day come in my lifetime. I, I never thought breaking would be in the Olympics, right? It's, it's the largest, largest stage 
anything could be set on. You're the best of the best in the world, representing your country, your flag, your culture, your land. And back in 1984, here's another Flips fun fact. Um, Breakdancers were special guests for Lionel Richie to close out the ceremonies, to close out the games in 84. Yeah, yeah. All night long, all night. (laughs) Everything he sings, I could just sit and listen to. That's the song they went out to. And and now a bit of foreshadowing is you don't think about that moment. But if you Google breakdancing in the Olympics, the origin and the seed was planted in 1984 w- with the same, the same movement in the same year that sparked me to start breakdancing, right? In 84, Beat Street came out in 84. The breakers... Uh, yeah, in 84 is when it all happened at the Olympics. And now in 2024, you fast forward 40 years and breakers have been blessing the Olympics since then. I did um, one of the opening games, uh, one of the opening festivities in 2004 in Athens, Greece. I was doing head spins with a company called Anti-Gravity, which is all acrobats. So I just listened to somebody say... They were professionally spinning on their head for an anti-gravity company. I, that doesn't happen in yes. someone's life. So I just want to pause for a moment on that. That's some wild ass shit. That sentence does not get said by many people in life. So I was spinning on my head with this anti-gravity company. Fuck, that's cool. Olympics in the same, it was in the Aquatic Center um, in Athens, Greece, and it was where Michael Phelps won his first gold medal. Oh, shit. So I was, a, I was, yeah, man, I've been a part of this whole segue of breaking, inspiring me in 84, me being at the Olympics in 2004, fast forward 20 years, be judging at the, it's, it's insane. When you think about the, the, the storyline and connecting the dots, some people are, um, you know, we are chosen and this culture has bred certain people to come along for the entire ride. Like, I don't want to get off the train. You feel me? <laughs> Imagine looking back on your path, right? If you were walking down a braid, you would and only able to see the one line you were on until you got to the end. And then you looked back and saw all those crisscross touch points, you would start to realize that you were all headed towards the end the whole time. You weren't even given the option to be out here in the left wing. You've always been every turn attached to the same exact path, just crossing itself back and forth. I honestly feel like we're meeting ourselves. 
I think that reality is a way of simply meeting different characters or energies that represent you as a whole from different perspectives. I think that's why you're supposed to treat everybody with kindness. Like who wants to mm. step on their own toe? Like that's stupid, right? Humans Correct. fucking with Correct. humans is cancer inside of what is a greater species. Yep. Amen. <laughs> that is true. I, I love that you say crossing back over uh, you're still on the same track. You're just crossing over. And then people use that thing. Don't burn any bridges because you never, you never know. And a lot along the way. Yeah. Along the way, I noticed all of the important people that I met, all of the people that I didn't think would be important. I treated them all with respect. I treated them all kind. Mm. I treated them all as if they were my brothers or my sisters. Cause you never know when you need an ally. And then mm. at the end of that long road, you're still intertwined with all of them. Some of them are producers now. Some of them are directors. Some of them are, you know, friends and, and family members. And But if, if throughout my journey, I had canceled out any of them or I had burned any bridges, at this point in my life, I would have seen how they could have helped me or how mm. I could have helped them, you know? It's yeah, amazing. just to live a better it's life and, yeah. A rock in the pond. <laughs> Those ripples will last mm -hmm. forever so long as there's not a shore. They don't go away. Yes. And you have to realize yes. that there's some weight to your actions. You know, I'd like to say, dude, I want to point out that you can be a piece of shit your entire life and not be a piece of shit starting today. It's that mm. easy. It's that mm. flexible. It's that forgivable. All of the issues are held in the eyes that are looking at you, not yourself. You don't have to be what you were yesterday under any circumstances. Mm. So I'm not fucking standing up here saying like, oh, I've led this great life where I want to give back and blah, 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 blah. Fuck that. <laughs> I've been different characters throughout my life that have been pieces of shit, that have been great people, that have helped people, that have, you know, been. All I don't want to be is someone's origin story. Like, as long as I cannot mm. be an origin story for some fucking villain, mm. I'm okay, right? Just get up every day, try to do the right thing. When we first started talking, you, we started the conversation. You said that you were grateful for today. You said that you jump up every day and that you're excited about it. I think that's what it was. Um, yeah. I think that that's the cornerstone to starting <laughs> that path that I'm describing no matter what your past is. It's mm. first foot on the ground, thanks, second foot on the ground, you, right? And mm. get moving mm -hmm. through the day. When you start to look at things at a smaller or more granular level, you get to see the pain, the sweat, and the tears that go into the smallest things that we're looking at. This thing from Yellow Tech is a stupid little cap that goes on my mic stand. But you can bet somebody may or may not have gotten a promotion, may have went home to their wife crying that they finally figured out how that fourth angle brought that together and they were going to be the one to get this to roll out for the next big endeavor, right? <laughs> how can we not be grateful for somebody that's done something like that? Right? So for me, Absolutely. it's gratitude. Gratitude is a cornerstone mm. for being able to affect change. Because if you're not satisfied with yourself, how the fuck are you going to be satisfied with anything else? And how do you expect anybody to be Correct. satisfied with you? 
You already proved you're not With worth you, loving. Exactly. <laughs> that's exactly right. You might as well be just that's wearing exactly a shirt that right. says I smell. <laughs> it's the yin and yang. I see the sign behind you, but it's the yin and yang of life. It's that balance. You can mm. wake up upset that yesterday was not good, but guess what? It's already tomorrow. So why are you upset? Does that make sense? You just woke 100%. up. It's tomorrow. So yeah, so reset, regroup, reset, and, and give it a go, you know? And if you dwell too much on something that was bad, you start to get into this cycle. It's like mm. a vicious cycle of like, well, yesterday wasn't good. Well, this didn't happen. Well, right? And then every day now becomes like, uh, what's Tom Cruise's movie? bullshit. Where... Where he, yeah, he has to die every single day and he has to make different decisions every day, but you still die every day. It, 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 it reminds me of that, that we could internally, just internally, maybe mentally, um, kill our spirit daily because we're like not satisfied with how the day turned out, you know? And how do you wake up the next day, reset, rejuvenate and recharge to go again? You know, sometimes it, it defeats us and then you turn into this dark person, which you were saying earlier, you could be a bad person and it still gets reconciled once you make the decision to start being good. 100% because now agree. people only see that. Yeah. Now only people see that. They see your if light shining. If you're the shining. guy that gives yeah, out high dark. fives, nobody's upset to see you. <laughs> Correct. Right? Like, unless yes. you don't have hands, it's a good day. Nobody's pissed at that guy. Yeah. Right? Although I'd right. probably be the one to try to high-five a guy without a hand. I'm a dumbass. Like, I wouldn't even realize. Oh, no. That said, I mean, <laughs> you get what you give. If right. you're smiling when you interact with people, if you're happy, the next time they see you, they're not going to have stink face. They're going to be like, cool, I get a moment where I have to think about the bullshit and I get to hang out with Flips. Flips is going to make me feel good for a while. I don't have to sit here and fucking deal with people that are wearing a mask or pretending to be something they're not. I can sit here and be myself and not be judged. That's a very fucking safe place to operate in. And the more we talk about what we're talking about right now, the more people will find freedom in our trials and tribulations within their own. So before Absolutely. we move, you know, move on and uh, in the show, I want to give you the opportunity to talk to the flips of this generation currently heading to the Olympics. They're on okay. the precipice of the biggest moment in their life. You're going to be judging. What would you like to say to them? The first thing is what you just touched upon is be yourself. I'm looking for originality. I'm looking for creativity. I'm looking for innovation. And that comes and that grows within that individual. So whether you're a B-boy or a B-girl, be yourself be authentic and be raw. I call it raw. Like strip mm. yourself of everything. No, it doesn't matter how many followers you have. It doesn't matter how many likes you get in a day. It's if, if you hit that dance floor with your truest, truest form of movement, I'm going to feel that. It's going to tug on my heart. It's going to mm. let my eyes appreciate what I'm watching. You're not a carbon copy. Be you. Be you. Because that is... In, in our lifetime, that is all you should strive to be. You can move the world. Each one, teach one. It only takes one person, like you said, the ripple. 
So the next flips coming up is be raw, be yourself and, and learn, learn to share that safe space. Mm. Don't hog the floor. Yeah. You, if, if it's made safe for you, share it, mm. tell others, bring others along. Each one, teach one, bring them to this safe culture, bring them to this safe space. You don't and, see that uh, a lot in competitive sports <laughs> where people want to allow somebody else to be successful at the same time as them. Correct. Correct. Even if they're going to break your own record, even if even like I've taught kids head spins, knowing that they have the capacity to beat anything I've ever done. I'd rather teach them and be proud that I saw that grow in that mm. specific individual than for me to think I will reign supreme for the rest of my life with this one move. It just doesn't work <laughs> that way in like my a, mind anymore. A fudge-bodied wrestler in the <laughs> 30 years past their time. <laughs> I'm not even going to name a person. Like You know you have to watch it. We all know what we're talking about. Like, it's just yes. a sad scenario. If you still think you're on top. Well, if you yeah. still think there's yeah. a top. If you still if think you still there's think a top, there, you're uh, already screwed. Correct. Correct. Just do correct. it because you love it. Do it because you yep. love it you, and lose yourself in it. I find that yes. since I started my creative journey, I make music, and that if I'm making music to make music, it's much better music because mm. I'm simply living it. It's being yes. created in the moment, and that will always be original. You're not going to fucking bite anybody's shit if right. you're singing a cappella. Correct. Right? You're Correct. on your Correct. own, Chief. So yes. I believe that the more that you lose yourself in your art and put your 110% into who you can be, you're going to fucking shine mm -hmm. and you'll walk away with either a medal or a smile. Either one is worth its weight in yes. gold. Yes. Amen. Absolutely. Fuck, oh, that's the awesome. How many yeah, man. The Olympics. <laughs> I know. It's, it's out of control when you think about it. I, I always wondered how far can this culture go right when i was when i was a part of it as far as like a, a, a b-boy competing traveling the world not once did i think in my lifetime it would be in the largest stage of that's why it is also yeah when you think about the best in the world are in one place at one time it it yes the fifa world cup yes you have the 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 super bowl but we're talking about all of the world coming together mm. for at one time, it's the Olympics. My prediction is it breaks records, breaks mm. all records in Olympic viewership. Ooh, I firmly will. believe it. it I think that it's got a place for it. I think it's original enough. I think that it speaks volumes to the human culture and showing that we are unapologetically original. And I think that mm. people are going to see that. They're going to feel it. It's got music. It's got yes. music. Like, I know they're not playing the shit that we used to play, but I would fucking give my right pinky for somebody to come out to Nucleus. Like, I would be oh. so happy. Like, if that <laughs> happened, like, the Olympics are over. I might give that person a medal just for playing the song. Because we That's are living amazing. out our dreams through these people. 
That's transference. Yes. Unfortunately, we do it yes. in politics and other shit too. You shouldn't fucking right. play. But if you got somebody that's setting a great example, live through a man. Feel like you've been spinning on your head right beside him, doing flips right beside Absolutely. him. Absolutely. You know, and I appreciate I you for being that example. Oh, thank you. I love that you said it'll break records. Because yes. if you think about, you yeah, the culture anything. has grown to be a trillion dollar industry. From the streets of the Bronx, where kids had nothing, they were taking uh, uh, old TV set um, cardboards to tape them up so they could dance on the concrete, you know, and not lose skin over it. So it came from absolutely nothing to being this I don't know, just global takeover. So I, I do feel like it is going to break a lot of records. And the most beautiful part for me is it's going to plant seeds in communities, mm. in countries, and in cultures that didn't believe that dance should be glorified in this form. You don't you have know? to buy dance. No. Like, I grew up poor as shit. If somebody <laughs> had handed me dance versus the saxophone I couldn't get, I might be a different human today. So you're handing out passion free as fuck. Yeah, man. That is something that, that is priceless at the same that time. That was the flame for me. The flame was passion. Passion. When I saw it, I was like, it, it wasn't a film. It was in a film, but it was as raw and as authentic as it could get. You know, seeing them in the streets of New York breaking. And they were breaking on the train. So I went to live in New York just just to experience it. I moved to New York to experience what it would be like to really live this culture at its rawest form from the Mecca. Mm. There was a jam called Back to Mecca, and it was taking all of the breakers from New York. It was called Battle of the Burrows in the Bronx. Mm. So when you think about that, yeah you go back to its root, like where it grew from, you know, where it's where it all started. And I felt that in my journey, my Mecca was New York, I had to go to New York, I had to practice with Rocksteady, I had to meet the New York City breakers. It It is part of what makes the culture rich. I can't do it from Miami. I can't do it from LA. You have to do it. You have to start somewhere. Mm. And I'd rather start there. So yeah, I moved from Florida to New York, and then to LA. Dude, so you've you've walked a hell of a path. I feel like I could talk to you for days. If you don't mind, I'd love to have you back on at a at a future date. Oh yeah, I think that yes. um, I think that the world could learn a lot from your energy and how you approach life. Um, I appreciate you. you more than you could ever know because um, you're giving me an opportunity to do something really cool in my career right now, and that is to learn from someone that wrote their path. Nobody told mm. you how to get where you are you did it living your life and that's an example that all of us could really learn from um i always end the show explaining what a lighthouse is a lighthouse is something that does not reach out for assistance a lighthouse stands on its own and it does its job every day day and night in the hopes that other people will utilize their actions as a way to guide themselves you don't have to tell people where to go. You just have to be there so they can see you, right? So you're a lighthouse. I appreciate you. Oh, you're doing amazing thank things. You. Um, is there anything oh, you'd like man, to wrap I up with? I appreciate you. Uh, no, I, I just really want to say to kids, uh, 
to people that paved the way for me, thank you. And for the kids that are keeping me inspired and are innovating this dance, uh, thank you. I'm super grateful to still be involved and for all those people to see the invisible and do the impossible. Sometimes our, our, our inner thoughts are the right ones and we listen to the ones that are outside of us. And sometimes those are not the best thoughts for us. So mm. listen to that feeling. Yeah, listen to that feeling because it, it, it almost guides you invisibly. So see the invisible do the impossible. <laughs> Bro, I absolutely love that. Um, my meditation analogy is that you sit inside of a snow globe and that all thoughts are around that globe and that the only reason why things come to life is because you grab a hold of it and pull it into your reality. It'll change the color while it's in there. But once you let it go, that it goes back to being you. Remember what you're pulling inside of your reality and that it, you could mm -hmm. let it go at any point in time, whether it's good or bad. Bro, if this recording does not come together right, I'm going to kill somebody. <laughs> You'll sign up oh, with that. Right? I appreciate you, man. And remember, everybody, be Me cool too. and keep learning. Yes, absolutely. Hang on just one second.